Welcome to the Anchored Hope Podcast. We're so glad that you decided to join us. Today's series is Dangerous Prayers, Part 3, Send Me. Well, we've been in a series called Dangerous Prayers. And in the middle of this series, we've been talking about leaving the shallow end of the pool and going a bit deeper. Because if we were all honest with one another, a lot of our prayers and our prayer life, it's a lot of, God, could you give me this? Could you do this? Could you bless my Taco Bell? Um, And we're talking about leaving the shallow end of the pool and going a little bit deeper into the deep end. Because it's okay to pray those prayers. I mean, those are good prayers to pray. But the thing is, I mean, you know, even Jesus prayed that prayer. I mean, when Jesus was in the garden before he was taken, he was crucified. Even Jesus said, hey, if there's any other way you could uh, make this uh, different, if you could maybe not let me die, that would be great. But at the end of that prayer, how did Jesus end that prayer? But, Lord, even though this is not what I want, and I'm telling you what I want, I would rather live, but whatever you want, God, I'll do. But not my will, let it be your will. Let it be your way. And so we know what Jesus eventually did, what God's choice was. And each of us need to take our look at our own hearts and think about that for a minute. It's okay to pray that prayer, God, here's what I'm going through. God, here's what I need. God, here's what I want. But ultimately, our biggest concern, our, 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 our most crucial desire must be, but God, not what I want, what do you want? And so we've been talking about leaving the safe side of the pool and going into the deep end and praying some very dangerous prayers. And we started this series by praying this prayer, God, search my heart. And, and, and what, a, what a more perfect, crucial time to pray this prayer. God, search my heart. Based on the prayer that, that, that King David prayed, God, would you search my heart? And if there's any offensive way in me, if there's any anxiety, if there's any fears, will you know my fears? And God, would you, if there's anything inside of me that, that doesn't belong, would you handle it? Would you deal with it? I mean, what a more crucial time than ever to pray that prayer. And then last week, Pastor Carrie was here, and Pastor Carrie prayed the prayer, break me. And she broke the PA system. So God misheard her completely, and she broke all of our equipment. But, um, <laughs> but break me, God. Break me. Which, when I think of that prayer, God, would you break me? I don't, I don't think of it as, God, just make my life terrible because I love challenges. But really, that prayer is all about, God, would you remind me how much I need you? Would you remind me that I am this small, but that you are this big? Would you break me? Would you call my heart to need you so dearly that I would cry out for you? And then this week, we're, we're going to get in, into the last part of this series. Um, and the, the last part of this series is, God, would you send me? God, send me. Or another way to put that would be, God, use me. God, would you send me? You know, I was on, uh, I was on vacation last week. And when I say I was on vacation, I was at home. Um, and because I just, I've, I've got uh, this vacation, obviously COVID ruined all my plans. And so I just, I need to use these weeks. And so I was like, oh, I'll take a week and catch my breath before Christmas and everything ramps up. So I was at home and I was at home and my wife was at home and our kids were at school. So me and my wife, we, we got a lot of time together and stuff, which was really good. And so I did something dangerous. I did something really scary. It's something I don't normally do because I'm, I'm a control freak, and I know what I want. 
okay? I, it's like, if you ask me, Michael, what do you want for Christmas? I'll, I'll, t- I'll give you 12 things right now, okay? Like, I'm the type of guy that walks in a store, and I don't shop. I'm the type of guy that walks in the store, and I'm like, I'm looking for a Carnegie, okay? Which you see, I bought. Don't you like it? You like it? Is it okay? My daughter this morning, many of you have given me compliments. My daughter this morning, she goes, you can't wear that. You look like you're about to go take a nap. I was like, thanks. Thanks for making me feel good. But anyway, I'm the type of guy that's like, I'm looking for a, you know, friendly Carnegie. Would you, could, could you give me the Carnegie? That's what I do. But every once in a while, every once in a while, I will do something really scary, really dangerous, something really, really uncomfortable. And I did it last week. Kate and I, we were driving around. And I looked at my wife, and I love her, and I want to show her that I love her. And so I turned to my wife, and I said, honey, I need to ask you a really important question. Uh, and this is the question I asked her. I said, where do you want to eat? Now, look, if you ask me where I want to eat, okay, I mean, like, I, I, again, it's not hard, all right? You know what I'll say. What will I say? Where does Michael want to go eat? Sugar fire, right? Yeah, I want to go to sugar fire. That's the obvious answer, right? And so, but I turned to my wife, and I did the dangerous thing. I was like, honey, Kate, where do you want to eat? And she goes, wow, uh, ooh, ooh, you know, uh. well, where do you want to eat? And I said, no, 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 don't try to trap me. Don't try to trick me, okay? No, I'm not, not what I want. It's what you want. You tell me what you want to eat, and wherever you want to go, I'll go. Wherever you want to go, I'll go. And so she thought about it real hard for a minute, and I was like, oh, what is she going to say? What is she going to say? And she goes, you know what? I kind of want Fazoli's. And I said, really? (laughs) Of all the restaurants we have around us, of all the places we could drive to, of all the places we could go, you want Fazoli's. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'd rather have COVID than have Fazoli's. <laughs> That's what I'm praying. And so she's thinking real hard. And she's like, is that, I mean, you know, Fazoli's? You know, we haven't had it in a while. I'm like, there's a reason we haven't had it in a while. You know, and I'm like, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, whatever you want, whatever you want, wherever you want, you know, wherever you want to go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. And so anyway, uh, we ended up having a, a terrific lunch at Sugar Fire, and it went really well. And <laughs> I got my turkey quesadilla, and it was awesome. And, uh, but I want you to think about that for a minute, okay? I want you to think about translating that and think about saying that to God. Have you ever thought about saying that to God? God, I'm here today, and these are my needs, and this is what I have going on, and this is what I want, but I'm here to ask you something. What do you want? And giving God the permission, looking at God with a heart that is pure, and saying, wherever you want to go, I'll go. That is a dangerous prayer, isn't it? Because you have no idea. What if God wants to take you somewhere you don't want to go? What if God wants to take you somewhere you've had a bad experience? What if God wants to take you somewhere dangerous? What if God wants to take you somewhere that is so outside of your preference, so outside of your comfort zone, that it makes you nervous? You know, a lot of us, we don't respond very well to that, do we? 
God, uh, I, I don't really want to go there. God, that's not what I want. Uh, God, I don't know about that. But to look at God and to pray that prayer is dangerous. And there's so many people in the Bible that did not respond the way you think they'd respond. A lot of times they responded how we respond to that question. And one of the most notable, probably, that, that came to my mind this week was looking at Jonah. If you don't know anything about Jonah, he was a prophet from northern Israel, and he has a, a, a chapter or a book in the Old Testament that's dedicated to his story. And of course, many of you, you probably heard at some point in your life the story of Jonah and the whale, right? Well, this is Jonah. And so Jonah is a prophet from the uh, northern part of Israel, and God tells him directly, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to go to the city of Nineveh, and I need you to preach, because Nineveh was a mess. It was full of wickedness. It was full of sin. And he goes, I need you to go and warn these people that they are setting themselves up for a disaster. And Jonah responded how many of us respond. Jonah did not want to go. And so what did he do? He ran away. It tells us in Jonah 1.3, this is what the Word of God says. It says, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and hid it to Tarshish. I can't ever decide how to say this. Is it Tarshish or Tarshish? Anyway, we'll say Tarshish. He went down to Joppa. He went down to Joppa instead where he found a ship and bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. And so Jonah was like, I'm out. I'm going to run the other direction. I'm going to run the opposite way. And he literally ran from what God had called him to do. And he's like, I, I, I'm out. I, I, I can't do this. I can't go to Nineveh. I, I'm, not, I'm not equipped. I don't want to. This is not what I signed up for. And so he ran the other way. And when he tried to run away from what God was calling him to do, this is what happened. He gets on the boat, and the very next verse, it says this. It says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. And so he gets on the ship, and there's all these different passengers, and all of a sudden this huge storm comes up in the middle of it. And it's, it, it's, a, it's a big enough storm that it could possibly even break the ship apart. And you know, this reminded me something about storms. Sometimes in life, storms, they just happen, right? Like life happens, storms happen, you know, people get sick, that's life. But I believe that other times, storms are created as a result of our actions, right? Sometimes we went and found the storm, the storm didn't find us. And I think this reminded me as I was thinking about this is that sometimes God uses storms. And God sometimes uses storms to remind us you're not where you're supposed to be. Right? Sometimes God takes a storm and he goes, um, you're not where you're supposed to be. You're not where I called you to be. You're not being used how I wanted to use you. And so sometimes God uses those storms to, to, to remind us you're not where you're supposed to be. You wouldn't have hit that deer at 3 a.m. and totaled your car if you were where you were supposed to be. You wouldn't have had that affair. You wouldn't have been, committed that adultery 
if you were where you were supposed to be. You wouldn't have got arrested. You wouldn't have got that DUI. You wouldn't have got busted if you were where you were supposed to be. And so sometimes, you know those people, right? Sometimes that pray those prayers. They're like, I just don't know what God's trying to do right now. I pray that, you know, God would help me through this. I pray God would get me through this. I believe in God's grace. He's got me. But, oh, man, this is going bad, and this is going bad, and this is going bad. And sometimes you look at those people, and you're going, dude, this is not a storm that's normal. This is a storm that you're causing. <laughs> and you wouldn't be in the middle of the storm if you were where you were supposed to be. And so God does that in Jonah's life. And, he, and the funny thing is, is he knows it. And the crazy thing is, is that most of the time, we know it too. The ship starts to break up and everybody on the ship starts to freak out. And everybody starts praying to the God that they pray to. And they go and they find Jonah who's hiding out at the bottom of the ship. And they're like, hey man, you need to join us. You need to start you know, uh, casting lots and pray to whatever God you pray to. And Jonah already knows. He goes, you guys can pray to your God as much as you want. But this is on me. And they, they're like, what are you talking about? He goes, God. God is after me. God is bringing this storm to remind me that I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And so the only way for us to get through this is for you to throw me off the side of the ship. And, and then it will probably go away. He knows. He knows. And you know, here's the crazy thing. When we talk about that, that's sometimes some, some dark Old Testament stuff right there. And we're like, man, see, God is mean, man. See, God does that stuff sometimes. Sometimes a storm comes in your life, and he's trying to you know, tell you this. But you know what? Here's the thing I think about when I, when I look at this story. I don't look at that as a bad thing. I look at that as proof that God loves you. Because here's the thing that I read in that. God loves you so much that when you're willing to give up on yourself, God's not willing to give up on you. When God sees so much potential in you, when God sees so much hope in you, when God has so many great plans for you, but you're so scared or you're so anxious or you just don't believe in yourself or you're just so resistant to God's voice and his calling and his challenges that you run the other way, God goes, no, 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 no. I'm not giving up on you that easy. I'm coming after you. I'm going to pursue you. You're not going to run from me that much. I love you too much to give up on you. And see, and that's the thing. I got a newsflash for you, and I want you to take this in stride because it's going to kind of hurt you in your heart a little bit, okay? You aren't that special. You aren't, okay? You aren't that special. Here's the thing. God has plans in this world, and either way, God's going to see them be done. God's on a mission, and you nor I are going to get in the way of his plans. So here's the thing. If you don't want to step up to the plate, God will let somebody else step up to the plate. But here's what's so great about God. God loves you so much that even though he could use anybody, literally, to do what he wants to do, he wants to use you. And he loves you so much that he doesn't just move on to the next person at the drop of a hat. He will literally pause and wait and go after you so that you can be a part of it too. That's how much God loves you. Isn't that crazy? Even though he could go, well, I got to get this done. On to the next person. He puts his plans on pause and he goes, no, I'm not moving on without Jonah. 
I'm not moving on without Josh. I'm not moving on without Danny. I'm not moving on. I will pause and I will wait and I will use this storm in your life to remind you that I want you on my team. Because the thing is is that when God's doing this, God doesn't want to just do something through you, but in what he wants to do through you, he wants to do something new in you. See, the mission and the plan and the journey in what he wants to do through you, it's not just for them, but he's also trying to do something through you. In using you and doing something through you, he wants to do something new in you. And so he doesn't just go on. He doesn't just go, well, next up, where's the next tool in the tool shed that I can use? He goes, no, 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 this one's special. And the reason why he wouldn't just let Jonah go, he wouldn't just release Jonah from his calling, is because he wanted to do something in Jonah. He wanted this to be a moment where it would be Jonah's shining moment, a moment that would be written down in Jewish history and would be talked about thousands and thousands of years later among non-Jews, among Gentiles and Samaritans and Americans. And all of these different people would use this story as inspiration. And God knew that. And God said, no, I'm not letting this moment pass them by. And God's doing the same thing today in your life and in my life. When God calls you to do something, to go somewhere, to talk to somebody, to be a light, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, when you run the other way, know this right now, God will come after you. And he will use the storms of your life as reminders that you are not where you're supposed to be. That you need to come home. That you need to come back into God's calling and that the invitation is still open to be used by him. And that's what he did in Jonah's life. And I think so many times, though, our hang-up, sometimes it's not obstinate. Sometimes it's not, I I just don't want to. Sometimes it's, well, God, I, I can't. I don't know how to. I think you, 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 you rang the wrong telephone. I think you meant to call somebody else because I don't have that in me. You know, that, that's exactly what happens when we see uh, in, in Exodus, when God calls Moses, right? When we look at Exodus, this is what he says. He says, the Lord said, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. He's talking to Moses in this, right? And he comes to Moses and he says, hey man, I've seen what's going on in Egypt and there's a big problem. I'm really concerned about my people and their slavery and so I'm going to do something about it. And Moses, he did exactly what you and I do. Oh, that's good, God. That's good. Man, yeah, somebody needs to. I've been praying about that. And that's, somebody needs to. And I'm glad that's been on your radar, God. Um, you going to call pastor about that tomorrow? Have him fix that? I think that's probably what needs to happen, you know. Um, so I'm glad. I'm glad somebody's going to do with that. Let me know how it goes. You know, do a Facebook post or something. Just let us know. You know that it's all taken care of and good. And and God God says this next to to Moses. He looks at him and goes, "Now go." <laughs> Excuse me, what? <laughs> I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Uh, what God? Excuse me. Um, I, I was all for, like, I heard you say you were going to take care of this, and that's all good. Uh, but me, 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 God, 
Ah, uh, no, not me. No, I'm not, not very good at that whole speaking thing. Can't do that. Can't teach kids. Don't know how to play guitar. No, that's not me. I think you're talking to the wrong person, God. I think you need to re- re- recall somebody. How many times do we look at God and we think, man, I can't do that. God, that's not me. No, I don't, I don't have what it takes. I'm not a leader. I'm not a speaker. I'm not that bold. I, why, don't you, why don't you pass that off to somebody else? Why don't you call somebody else? Why don't you do that? And you know what? God, he reminds Moses what he reminds us in our hearts. He, he says to him next, he goes, and I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. God goes, hey, hey man, no, no, don't worry. I'm, I'm not worried about you having enough in you. I will be with you. And the thing that God reminds Moses in that moment is, I didn't pick you because you're qualified. I picked you because it's going to be a really interesting story when I take somebody like you and do something great in them. You know, it reminds me of the words of Paul. Paul, he said this. He said, uh, he said uh, Paul, he said, God said to me at one point in my life, he goes, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You know, in those moments where you're like, I don't have what it takes. I do not have enough. God, you picked the wrong person. I am not qualified. God goes, and that's exactly why I picked you. Because I don't just go after the people who have the skills. See, I like to do this really cool thing to just show that I'm God. I like to pick the weak guy. I like to pick the last guy. I like to pick the little guy. And I like to use him to do big things. Because it just shows my glory off. It just shows my power off. And so actually, even though you don't have what it takes, that's exactly why I picked you. Because I'm going to do something in you that you don't even have in you. But I'm going to do something so new in you, and I'm going to do something through you. It's going to impact people, but the thing is, it's not just going to impact people. It's going to inspire people. It's going to inspire generations. It's going to inspire every single person who says, I can't do this. I don't have what it takes. And it's going to remind them that when you have faith in God, God's strength shows off in weakness. And he goes, that's what I'm going to do in you. And see, that's what God wants to do in every single one of us. He wants to pick weak people and he wants to do something incredible in them now what's so interesting in this story with Moses in particular and this is how I like I know the Bible isn't made up is because in that moment when he says I'm going to do this in you and we're going to my 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 strength is going to be made perfect in weakness and and we're going to free all these people in that moment God could have just done something supernatural and all of a sudden made Moses you know, this great speaker. And that's kind of what we've done in our American way. You know, remember the old Charlton Heston movie, you know, where Charlton Heston was Moses, you know? And, I mean, it's Charlton Heston, for goodness sakes. I mean, you know, and he speaks, and he's like, let my people go, you know, and he represents God. That's not actually what happened at all. Like, the movies have really screwed it up, right? Actually, what happened was, is Moses, they, they believe he must have had, like, a stutter or a speaking problem or something like that. And so he was like, God, I I can't do this. I don't have what it takes. And in that moment, God could have just like snapped his fingers and done something supernatural and given him this gift of speaking. And so he looks at God and he goes, God, I can't speak. And he goes, that's cool. I I got a guy for you. His name's Aaron. He's really good. 
And he hands him, he gives him somebody who can speak for them. And so really the movies got it wrong. What would happen was, is God would speak to Moses and Moses would speak to Aaron and then Aaron would actually do all the public speaking, right? And so that's a reminder. That's a reminder that sometimes, sometimes that God doesn't just give you what you need. He also surrounds you with who you need. See, it's, again, it's not all about you. And when you don't have it in you, God can sometimes do something new in you. But even when that comes up short, even when that is a, a big miracle, what he likes to do is he likes to surround you with people who can. To give you a team of people who can help you accomplish your miss, mission. And that's exactly what happened in the life of Moses. You know, I, I sometimes think, that, that Moses, what, what he must have sounded like. I think Moses sounded like Adam Sandler, and then Aaron must have sounded like the guy from Allstate. You know? Like Moses was like, Hey, Timothy, please the terror Pharaoh, da-da. And then Aaron was like, Pharaoh, are you in good hands? You know? I mean, that's what he did. He just surrounded him with somebody that could help him through that, somebody who could get him what he needed, what he needed. And the thing is, is with you and I, when we pray this prayer, God, send me. God, use me. When you think to yourself, but I can't, but this is too hard. God wants to remind you, but look, I'll be with you. And I'll be with you, and I'm not going to give up on you so easily. I'm not going to let you run from this. If you run from me, I will find you. <laughs> I will come after you. But if you would just surrender to what I want to do in you, if you would let me have it all, if you would just let go, I will give you what you need. I will give you who you need. And together, we will accomplish this. And when we accomplish it, you will worship me on the other side of this mountain. You know, I, I think in my own life, being called to ministry, I didn't want to do this. This was not my plan. Again, I've always known what I wanted to do. When I was 15, I decided I wanted to be a physical therapist. I was going to go to SEMO. I was going to become a physical therapist. And that's what I wanted to do with my life. And then God, at a teen camp, in Pinecrest camp one year, literally as I'm listening to the guy preach, I just hear God say, that's what I want you to do. And I was like, no, that sounds awful. Because I'm a pastor's kid, and I've seen the dark side of the moon, all right? And it was really hard for me. I mean, it took me years of wrestling with God. And it was weird and embarrassing because my freshman year of college, my intro to ministry class, I'll never forget the first day of intro to ministry class. We went in there, and Mark Hayes goes around and goes, so tell me why you want to be a pastor. And all these people, all these kids are giving these answers of like, you know, I just want to serve God and my youth pastor, you know, it just, I, just, I think it's the greatest thing in the world. I'm going to be the coolest teen pastor on the face of the planet, man. I'm so excited about this. You know, and they're just all just hyped up and everything. And it comes to me and they're like, why do you want to be to? And I'm like, be a pastor. And I'm like, because I have to. I want to be a physical therapist, but God won't let me, you know. And they're just like, well, he's not going to last long. Funny thing is, out of all the people I graduated with, I'm the only one still pastoring. So anyway, joke's on them. But you know what? I even think about, too, 
When I was in Nebraska and God laid it on my heart to plant, God was like, I, I'm, I want you to go plant a church. And I knew that for certain. I knew that God wanted me to be a lead pastor. And then the third call I get was to come and plant here with you all. And it was my dad calling me to plant this church with people that I grew up with. To plant a church with my college roommate and best man, Darren. To, to plant a church with Tim and Danae Dillo. To plant a church with Larry and Martha. And I was like, the first time, I'll be completely honest with you, the first time my dad asked me, would you come and would you do this? I said, absolutely not. No, I will not. Because I thought, are you kidding me? It is enough to plant a church. More than 50% of them fail within the first five years. I, that's enough pressure on me, but then to know that I may fail and I may disappoint my parents and the wares and the dillos and the people that I grew up with, there's no way. So I said no. And it took four months later to where my dad called me. And he goes, look, I'm not asking. And his words straight out of his mouth were, Larry and Martha are asking. So would you at least come talk to us? And everybody knows you can't tell Martha no. So I, so I, so I flew here. <laughs> so I flew here and I interviewed. And my heart was like their heart. And that's when I said yes. But I'll tell you, when I was hired to come do this at 24 years old, that was the stupidest decision you all could have ever made. Because I had no clue what I was doing. I was 24 years old. Are you kidding me? And I still, to this day, don't think I know what I'm doing. I tell people that all the time. I have no clue what I'm doing. I have, I'm making this up as I go. But I will tell you that as I have done this and as I have followed the path and as I have said yes, God has done something new in me. As I have said yes every step of the way through every chapter that has looked a little different, God has sent me the people I need. Some of you, when you walked in the door, you had no clue what brought you to Anchored Hope Church. But the minute I laid eyes on you, the minute I sat down with you and had lunch, the minute we had coffee, the minute we got to know each other, I said, thank you, God, for sending me Aaron. Thank you, God, for sending me the Hakeems. Thank you, God, for sending me David. Thank you, God, for sending me Jackie. Thank you, God, for sending me Jesse. Thank you, God, for sending me the Kunzes. Thank you, God, for sending me this family. Many of you, you might have walked in just looking for a church. But when I saw you, God answered a prayer. When I saw you, God said, this is your Aaron. This is who you need. This is who will fill the gaps in the places where you are weak. And together, you all will be strong. And together, you will accomplish the mission I've given you at Anchored Hope Church. See, God is calling every single one of us somewhere. God is sending us. God is wanting to use us. So you don't need to run. And if you do, he will come after you. Until you come back into his will, until you get back to where you're supposed to be, 
He will continue to pursue you because that is what he does. He will literally, in Jesus' words, leave the 99 for the one lost sheep. And if you are wandering off, he will come after you. And I will come after you. Because I need you. Because you are a part of this as much as I am. It's why we honored these leaders today. It's why we raise people up. It's why we train people. It's why we are asking so often for you to serve. Because we want you to feel a part of what God is doing. Because in the same way that God was doing something with his people in Israel, he's doing something in Lincoln County. He's doing something in Wright City. He's doing something in Winsville. He's doing something in O'Fallon. And he's using us to do it. And so, would you consider today praying a very, very dangerous prayer? God, send me. God, use me. And be open when he calls you to go. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to invite the band to come back. And we're going to sing a song that really says to God, here I am. Use me. Have me. You can have it all, Lord. And so as we pray this prayer, I want you to just reflect. I want you to take a moment, and I want you to be real honest with God. God, this morning, would you search my heart? Would you break me, Lord? God, would you remind me just how much it is that I need you? And God, as I surrender my life to you, as I give you my life, God, I also understand that you want to send me, that you want to use me, that you want to do something new in me. God, I pray this prayer. Will you send me? Will you send me? Will you use me? Not in just the way that I want to be used. But God, would you send me, would you use me in whatever way it is you see fit? And God, even though I see my weaknesses and I see my flaws and I see my faults and I don't think I'm qualified, God, if, you've, if you call me, there's a reason. It's because you want to use me. It's because I know and I believe that your, your strength is shown through weakness. So God, this, this morning through whatever journey may be ahead, would, you, would your strength shine in my weak life? And God, would you, in the things that I cannot do, the holes that I cannot fill, will you send me who I need? Will you surround me with an Aaron? Would you surround me with a community of believers? Would you surround me with a team to accomplish this? God, today, our, our church, Anchored Hope, it's been built on people. It's been built on teams. It's been built on people who have answered that call. And God, I, I believe that every single person you've sent through those doors, whether they were at Bonfills or they're here at 211 Boone Street, that God, you, you brought them here for a reason. You brought them here not to just be a, uh, a spectator, but to be a part of this family and this community, to be used by you. So God, 
Would you lay on every single person's hearts exactly what that looks like and where that is? Whether it be serving on a team, whether it be answering a problem, whether it be the affordable Christmas shop or baby showers or whatever it may be, and all the things that we're doing, God, and all the work that's being accomplished. God, it takes a village, it takes a team, it takes a family, and together we make up the body of Christ. And so, God, I pray that you would challenge every single person in this room to step up to the plate. Who are the next Martha and Larry's? Who are the next Crystals? Who are the next CJ's? Who are the next people who decades ago, literally, God, decades ago, you had in mind what CJ and I's relationship would look like? God, from the moment that Lindsay stepped in the door, you knew what you wanted to do in Crystal. From the moment that you laid this church plan on Larry and Martha's heart way before it was laid on mine, you knew what it was going to look like. And there are people who are here today, people who are watching online, who you want to do things with. You have a future ahead of us that's so bright, that's so hopeful, that none of us can even see or comprehend. But God, you are already putting together the puzzle pieces for another beautiful portrait, for another anchored hope, for a bigger vision that we can even comprehend right now. God, you want to do something new. And every single one of us in this room or watching online, everyone who calls Anchored Hope Church home, you want to use to make that possible. So God, start to build. You can have it all. We are releasing our fear. We are releasing our anxiety. We are releasing our own personal hang-ups and needs and wants, and we are letting you have full control. We are letting you be God, and we are just going to be obedient to your voice, God. Lord, would you do that in us? Would you do that through us? And would you do something new in me? In your name we pray. Amen. If you would like to support Anchored Hope, you can make a donation at anchoredhope.church forward slash give. To connect with someone from Anchored Hope, please go to anchoredhope.church forward slash high. Thank you for listening and God bless.